0: Hey everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. (laughs) Welcome to The Friday Habit with Mark Labriola and Benjamin Manley. The Friday Habit is for small business owners, freelancers, and creatives who are ready to take their business to the next level. Join us as we discover how to apply the strategies we learn to grow our businesses, make more money, and live every day like it's Friday.
1: When we're working with clients, we want to use their language. And so for one of our clients, they literally said, like, I want people to be doing cartwheels in the office. So that's why we use that in the description, right? If that's what they want people to do, by all means, let's do it. Let, let's bring some levity and do some cartwheels. Um, so we're really trying to speak to them in their language so that the the team, the employees, are like okay yes like i can see us in this because we talk about doing car wheels in the office all the time. So really trying to get that language is important too so that it's not just like copy and pasted over it's really trying to get specific as to the language that your tu- that your team uses and and would be energized by.
2: I love that. Yeah, I, a couple of things that i think we work through when we are together I actually have my little knapsack survival guide pulled up here that we worked on together with our, with our core behaviors. Um, So a few of the ones that we had that I thought were great, you know, instead of having, before I was just like, integrity is one of the things we care about, which like, yeah, I mean, every, most businesses would say they care about integrity, which is a good intention, but it's not very specific. So the way we interpreted that together was leave people better than you found them. In every interaction you have with someone, always come with the intention to leave them better than you found them. Add value to clients by recommending a book, podcast, or article. Brainstorm ways they could do things better. Contribute your expertise to help their situation. And then even, this isn't written down, but it's like don't sell them something they don't need because that's leaving somebody not better than you found them. So it's like integrity is about leaving people better than you found them, but it's more specific. Same thing with like build relationships with teammates. You know, That's great. That's kind of general, but... What if it was more like say hello and goodbye every day? It's like, oh, you're actually checking in with people. So it's kind of a nice thing to be like, instead of just showing up, going to your desk and not saying hi to other people or greeting them, it's like showing respect and that you want human connection and that kind of thing. So just making those practical, I just thought was cool. One of the other ones was blame processes, not people. You know, it's like, remember, the person's never the problem. Um, when something goes wrong, come with a solution-focused mindset. Take a step back and separate the person from the problem to see what other factors need need to be addressed. So those are some of my favorite ones that we kind of worked on together because it was like, oh, this is so much more practical. And it's very easy. It's a It's a pretty black and white thing to be like, hey, is somebody on the team blaming processes and not people? Are they leaving people better than they found them? You know, are they respecting focus time? Like those kinds of things, eliminating busy work so much more clear than do they have integrity or not? You know, so I just I love how much more clear and measurable that is.
1: Yeah. And you're like you're giving your team like this is how you be successful here, right? Like it's so clear, like it it's not, again, up for interpretation. It's like this is how you win here. This is how we're successful here. And you're giving them like the guidelines and the words and the examples to be able to do that.
0: Totally. Yeah. And I I like to, because it's the idea of a lot of times people feel stuck in their jobs or they feel like they are not sure if they're doing the right thing because there is no clear definition of like what they're supposed to be doing or or how they're supposed to be like behaving. And I feel like when there's clear clear guidelines like that, it gives people that confidence of like, all right, like I think I'm I'm following all these things. So I'm can feel pretty confident that I'm doing a good job at my job, you know? And so, I mean, that's something, you know, we, you know, I I really try to define someone's job really well, you know, so that there's a good, clear job description. And then we go over that, you know, every year to say, all right, when, when we hired you, this is what your job description was. And this is what you're doing and do those two things align still. And if they don't align, like maybe we need to adjust them and, and adapt them but at least you can have the confidence of knowing like, all right, like Mark's going to be happy if I'm doing everything that's on my list of job descriptions, you know?
3: Absolutely. And as a manager, when some things don't align, instead of feeling like, oh, this this just doesn't feel right or it's not a great fit, you are equipped with tangible things and actual language and, and words that your whole team knows to say, hey, like we're not living out this core behavior. How can we do this a little better? On our team, when we do our annual reviews, we have to go through our core behaviors and we pick out ones that we think we do really well and ones that we want to focus on for the year. And that's such a great way to kind of say, like, you know what, this is one that I can really put some more attention to and I want to be better at. Here's how I can be better at that. And that's such awesome conversations that we have on our team.
2: So you mentioned kind of going through that period- periodically. Could you talk about how I think you guys use the term operationalize your Core behaviors or operationalize your your culture, and I would love you guys to talk a little bit about how instead of like putting all your core behaviors over in a handbook and never looking at it again, how do you actually integrate that into the business so that it actually stays top of mind?
3: Yeah, well, we prefer people just put it in the handbook and never look at it again. We think that that's <laughs> most successful. So
2: okay, <laughs> now, cool. Oh, never mind. Sorry.
3: <laughs> no. No, you're absolutely right, Ben. We say don't have this be that one culture thing. You did that one time. How can you integrate this into every single day? So certain ways that we do this at our company or we see with a lot of our clients, um, you can have a core behavior of the week where each week you bring one out and at um, a weekly team meeting or in your Slack group or however you communicate within your office, you pull it up, you pull up the description, and then you just talk about it. You can say, how are you going to live this out this week? Or if you um, let's say um, one is have the hard conversations. At the end of the week, you'd be like, "Hey, this week we're talking about have the hard cam- conversations. What's one hard conversation that you had this week?" Bringing it up in your one-on-ones and saying, "Hey, this is what we're focusing on this week. Um, is this something that you think that you're good at, or do you want to work a little bit more at it?" So just bringing it up in your conversations. Another great way that we see this is intentionally hiring people onto your team. If you know how you want your team culture to be, and you know behaviors that you would like your team to have. Make sure that when you are interviewing people, you're asking questions so they fit some of these core behaviors that fit your team really well.
0: I I really like that. And that kind of brings us into, I think, the next kind of topic or question. Can you guys talk a little bit about what DEI is and what small business owners can do to be proactive with uh, DEI? Because I feel like, Obviously, if you're trying to find the right candidate and you're looking for a specific person, you know, how can you do the best job of, you know, of doing that, you know, and and not discluding people?
1: Yeah, I love so DEI is a topic that I'm really passionate about. In 2020, I got certified as a diversity practitioner. Um, so that's something that I enjoy to kind of bring into the language that we use for core behaviors for the training that we do. So DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, it is kind of like a culture where it's really nebulous and it can feel really big and really scary, and that there's a lot to it. So what we love to be able to do is is just make it a little bit more human, a little bit more approachable. Um, so the some of like the tips that we have when it comes to DEI work. Um, Something that we try and do with our newsletter is to diversify like the authors that we're reading, the podcasts that we're putting out to like people in our newsletters, the articles that we're we're putting out in our newsletter. Um, We just found that we were kind of always looking at the same types of people when we were doing any book recommendations, podcast recommendations. So just by being really intentional about where you're getting your information from to diversify the perspectives that you're taking in when it comes to thought leaders is just, it's a really small act, but it can make a really big difference. Um, so that's a really kind of easy way to, to start with DEI work. I think sometimes people think that DEI is like only meant for recruiting and like only meant for bringing people into your team and making sure that your team is diverse in that way. And that, that's a really great way to do it. But there's also these kind of small things that you can do along the way so that you've, you're feeling like you're having these wins. And it's not just when you're growing your team, because sometimes when you're on a small team, you might not hire someone for like a year or two. And so then you don't want to be like, well, I guess I'll focus on DEI in two years when I hire my sixth team member. Right. So it's like, what are those small changes that you can make? Um, so diversifying your bookshelf and like your podcasts um, are really great. Something, a a tip that I love to give small businesses when it comes to interviewing and hiring when you're doing that um, is to just create like a scorecard for your interviews so that you are comparing apples to apples and you're not using just like your gut and maybe some unconscious biases that you might have that you don't realize that you have. So a scorecard just being like, you know, here's the things that we're measuring on and we're going to rank from one to four. And anybody who interviews that person has the same scorecard. So at the end, you can say, where did they fall here? Instead of being like, well, I really liked Bill and then Jane was okay," But that's just like you're kind of going off of maybe those biases. So to have a scorecard and have something where you can really point back to this is what we needed in the role, this is where they hit on that seems to just kind of help a little bit so it's not so nebulous and not just based off of kind of gut or people that maybe you're kind of surrounding yourself by um, without realizing it.
2: That makes sense. So it's basically like try to be more objective in your hiring process with like the actual things that matter and not just your subconscious biases that you might have.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you know, big companies will sometimes have softwares and the softwares can help you with that. And so I like being able to bring some of the things that those softwares can do to small companies that maybe don't need the big softwares right now. Um, And so scorecards is a really great way to do that. Another tip that I sometimes give people is, if possible, sometimes it's hard to do this, but you can um, like remove the name off of like resumes or applications just so that, again, your unconscious bias isn't even there for when you're looking at just someone's name because it can it can be present without you knowing it. Um, So just being able to take that off sometimes can really um, make a big difference if that's something that's possible for you to do.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, selfishly, I'd also like to ask this question, and I think, Steph, you have some personal experience with this. Uh, I want to ask about like what? How do you keep a good culture and keep good connection with your team when only part of your team is remote? And I know, Steph, you're remote on your team, but the rest, I think, everybody else right now still local. So I'm just curious about that, your experiences with that, how, what things maybe you guys are doing or what you've seen others do to help a hybrid kind of work environment work well for the people that are remote.
1: Yeah. So for me, so I'm the only, so, I mean, we're a remote team, so we're remote first. My four team members are in Madison, Wisconsin, and I'm here in Puerto Rico. So I had the, I guess, privilege of being able to know them all kind of in person before I moved. So I kind of have like mm-hmm. a little bit of, I guess, a leg up in that sense. But since since I've been remote, we have made sure to have team meetings always um, on Mondays where everyone has their own screen. It's not like my team is meeting in one location and they're all sharing a computer. And then here I am being like, well... OK, like, yeah, like, <laughs> I guess I feel included here. Or like, are you having side conversations? Right. So our rule is always if one person's remote, everyone's remote. So everyone has their own screen so that you feel included in the conversations. Um, we added a Wednesday morning stand up just to kind of have that connection touch point to make sure that we're all on the same page. So it's a half an hour in the morning, just kind of connecting on what's been going on for the week. And then we still do our weekly one-on-ones, which I think is just really important for our team to drive that connection to still have that really strong relationship that we have. So we have an hour. Um, So like I have a one-on-one with Emily every week for an hour. Leah has one with me. And that's just really nice because I don't feel like I'm missing out or that I'm not there. Like we're doing it in the same way that I used to before on the phone um, or on Zoom. And so I still have that touch point there. And then lastly, I would say, Our Slack is just like always blowing up and I absolutely love communicating with my team on Slack. We have a confetti channel where we celebrate together and just being able to have that communication, that constant communication with my team makes me feel like I'm still there um, and that I'm not missing anything because we're all still celebrating together. We're still working together. We're still collaborating in the same way on Slack. Um, So that's really something that helps me.
2: That's awesome. That's really helpful. I was going to say, uh, somebody else I was talking to uh, had made this recommendation of having kind of like a, a weekly or daily like question that's posted in Slack that everybody can interact around because that's something that's easy to to for everybody to have equal footing on and they were uh, they told me about an app called um i haven't checked it out yet so i don't know if i should recommend it but there is a slack integration I think it's called Geekbot that can automate some of that stuff so it can actually post questions on a regular basis in slack so that people can kind of interact around whatever question it might be so i was going to look into that because i feel like that would be kind of a nice way to have like a, a random question it could be <laughs> kind of like a would you rather like mark and i do on the show or something else where it just gets people talking and you know you Get to know people a little bit more than just talking about work stuff on Slack. So yeah, I, I love those ideas. Um, yeah. And the one-on-ones is, is great. I'm still, you know, with the larger team, I'm like, all right, how many one-on-ones can I do in a week? <laughs> or should I do do it monthly? Or Mark, do you do one-on-ones on that kind of basis like pretty regularly or do you just kind of, well, not, not one-on-ones, but we, you know,
0: I, everyone works remote Tuesdays and yep. Thursdays. And so I try to have a call on Tuesdays or Thursday where we all hop on zoom so we can kind of stay in touch on the days that everyone's working remote. And then, you know, I was doing quarterly reviews like with everybody, but then after a while I just started to realize like that was too often for our team. (laughs) Like, you know, we're not, we're not that big. And I think everyone felt more like, all right, I feel like we just talked like, you know, like last (laughs) quarter went by super fast and like, here we are again. And so we've moved that to more of like a yearly review. But, you know, I, I do try to touch base with everybody and and just kind of see like, you know, how they're feeling and, you know, like, are they enjoying the work that they're doing? And and for me as a leader, it's really like, OK, how do I help this person kind of achieve the goals that they want to achieve in their own life, whether that's making more money or having, you know, more autonomy and freedom, spending more time with the family. like, And so then I'm like, okay, how do we use brand Viva as a vehicle to help somebody achieve those things that they want to do? And so, you know, I spend a lot of my time trying to think about that and, and then figuring out what, what motivates each, each person and then how we can get them to where they want to go.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, totally makes sense. Well, I wanted to just ask you guys, you know. After talking about all this stuff, one thing we really like to do is try to have some type of action item we can recommend to um, our listeners, you know, something practical that they could do. So maybe if each of you could recommend just like what's something that business owners could do next week if they want to either, you know, I, I think the culture thing is one of the most important things. So What's like something they could do that's practical next week to actually make their culture better?
3: I'll jump in. So something that was coming up that Mark was talking about for one on ones. I totally get it. Every team is different in different sizes um, means you're going to have to just change your, the way that you do things a little bit. One thing that I would recommend is really empower the employee to take ownership of their one-on-ones. I, I give you so much credit for like thinking about like how can you make their life better? How can you help them reach their goals personally, professionally? I think that that's amazing as a leader and I don't stop doing that. But really, Empower them and ask them questions to bring to you to help drive that conversation. Like Steph said before, we meet weekly, which some people get is way too often. But some of the questions that I have to answer every week before we come to that meeting is, what's one way that I failed this week and what did I learn? What's one thing I'm celebrating this week? What have I done since our last check-in meeting and what have I learned from that? What do I want to use this one-on-one check-in meeting for? And so it's it's very different each week, but asking some of those questions and really empowering the employee takes a lot of weight off of you and so you don't have to prep so much for all these meetings and it'll be amazing to see what they have to share with you the direction that they want to take it. So one actionable thing that I would say is if you're really stressed out about these one-on-one meetings, really give them the power and ask them how they want to lead that. I love it.
2: What about you, Steph?
1: Man, one actionable thing. That's hard because I have like so many ideas that I can give you. So now I'm like, what's the best one? So you can
2: cheat if you want.
1: Okay, cool. I was going to anyways. Um, so when we talk about culture, really, what we're honing in on and what we find like great cultures are built on is trust, communication, and alignment. And so one that seems to really be rising to the top right now is is trust. And again, trust can feel um maybe touchy feely or maybe trust can feel again too nebulous. But something that we've found, there's two questions that you can ask your team to kind of learn a little bit more about them and learn about trust for your team. And so we do this with our clients. Sometimes we do it as an icebreaker, but the two questions are what behaviors build trust for you? So think of someone that you trust. What are the behaviors that they do that build trust for you? And then oppositely think about someone that you don't trust and be like, you don't have to name who that is. Think about someone that you don't trust. What behaviors did they do? What did they engage in that makes you like not trust them as much, that breaks your trust? And then have like a team conversation about that. We did that recently for our team and it was just really eye-opening of like, hopefully we've found no one is trying to break trust intentionally on a team, but there's small things that might break trust that you don't even know.
0: Hmm. I love that. That's so great. Hey, you know, if people wanted to get in touch with you guys and and maybe, you know, get some consulting and and uh, connect with you, where is the best place to uh, get in contact?
1: Yeah. So that would be our website, which is Um And then we're most active on LinkedIn. So you can find us there too.
0: Awesome. LinkedIn. That's great. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to The Friday Habit and uh, sticking around. If you want show notes for this episode, go to thefridayhabit.com. There you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. And at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of always in your business.
2: Yep, and if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review in the Apple Podcasts app. If you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, don't forget to record us a quick voice memo and send it to hello at the FridayHabit.com. That's right. And until next time, remember,
0: live every day like it's Friday.